with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Saturday night, it's going to go down. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I was out in Philly. Um, where was it? It was in uh, South Philly in Delaware County. I told my friend I wasn't going to Delaware County, and she sent me the YouTube click of Wayne's World. I don't know if you remember that, when they're like, <laughs> we're in Delaware. <laughs> we're in Delaware. Anyway, no, it was awesome, man. We were out there at a, at a, at a big church, and um, I got to do the God signs and the storms message. And it was, um, it's about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how God operates in our, in our lives. And um, interesting enough, when I got done uh, sharing and you know inviting people to receive uh, Jesus, and then people started getting baptized. And uh, one of the girls, uh, first of all, when I invited people to come forward, I led them in a prayer of repentance, and then I, you know, asked Jesus to send the Holy Spirit as far as to baptize them uh, with the fire and power of the Holy Spirit. And one of the girls came up to me after this high school student. And she says that she's, she's like, I, she's like, you've been talking about these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And she says, I'm seeing like, I'll see like words over people. And I said, well, God's mm. probably, he's baptized you. Now he's giving you a, a gift of uh, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit where you're probably getting words for people. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is incredible. So she got up on stage and ended up getting water baptized and sharing what just happened to her. Um, the Holy Spirit fell upon her and she got baptized and shared her story. And about 20 other people uh, got baptized that day. But then after they sent me to the, um, they have like a fire pit and they said, if you guys have any questions for Ryan about what he talked about tonight, he's going to be there. And we're going to take questions. So we were sitting there with older and younger and people started asking the questions and the common questions were Ryan, you know, you're talking about the gifts of the Holy spirit, but what are they? And that just shows me that there's a, there's a lack and I've talked about this many times on the show, mm-hmm. Holland. I've had you on the show several times. And I have uh, my friend Roger on the show uh, today as well. And, um, you know, there's a lack of the talk about the Holy Spirit. But not only the talk about it as it, the way it is in the Bible, but the way it operates uh, in our lives. Because I think there's pe- people don't really talk about how it starts how it begins in your life. Because it's just not over overnight. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you have all these different gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's, uh, it's, it seems to me in my personal life is God gives you kind of one at a time it's been, and he shows me how they operate personally. And you two guys, Roger and, and Holland, um, I know that you do a afterglow at mm-hmm. your church on, on Tuesday nights, and you guys both uh, lead it, and a couple other guys are there. And um, this is a, a time that you have. It's every other week in Calvary Chapel, San Clemente, and you guys are teaching on the gifts you're teaching how they operate, but then not only that, you're doing life application where you're actually calling people forward mm-hmm. and teaching them how to pray for people um, and showing them how the the gifts operates is how the Holy Spirit does. It's nothing that you're doing; it's you're the vessel how God's operating uh, through you. Just like when I was in Philadelphia, you know, this girl came up to me and and they said, "Hey, we we met you over at uh, we were from Anaheim and now they live in a city called Murder City. I guess there's a city called wow. Murder City." out there wow. in, in Philly. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that. So they came up and they said, well, anyway, uh, we were coming to you because we wanted, uh, we wanted to see if you could pray for my daughter. They said, my daughter has been to many doctors and no one could find out what's going on with her. She has mm. chronic pain. 
uh, going up her back and down her leg, and it's in her lower back. And um, they said, um, there's not, you know, we've been to tons of doctors. She plays every sport in school. This is like her deal. She's like a jock, but they can't figure it out. And um, it just reminded me of that woman, you know, that was bleeding for 12 years, no doctors, yeah. no money. Yeah. Nothing could, could fix this problem. But by faith, she stepped out and touched Jesus, and healing power went out. Wow. So, you, and then I told her, I said, look, I'm not a healer. I've talk, talked about stories about me praying for people and people getting healed. But I go, I'm not a healer. Jesus is the healer. So all I did is I looked over, <clears throat> and she was with, she had like her eight or nine-year-old sister there. And uh, so what I did is I just said, um, and this is something that I saw you guys do at your afterglow, Roger, where you just said, oh, uh, you need healing? Okay, uh, who wants to pray for healing uh, here in the crowd, here at the church? <laughs> so someone raises their hand, you call her up. So I just looked at the eight-year-old and I said, all right, you're going to pray for your sister to see if she gets healed, okay? And she's like, faith of the little child. She's like, okay. So I'm like, put your hand on her and repeat after me. And I led her into prayer, just simply like, in Jesus' name, we just pray for full restoration of healing power in her back. And basically, I asked her what was going on in her back after, and I said, is there pain? And she says, a little bit. I said, well, is it getting better? She says, yeah. And I go, okay. So we prayed again. And then basically what happened after that, she got 100% healed. I said, well, what can't you do that you couldn't do before? Or what, what can you do now that you couldn't do before? And she says, touch my toes. I said, well, touch your toes then. Boom, she bends over, touches her toes. She goes, I got healed. I said, thank you, Jesus. And that was a wrap. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah. this, this whole segment is yeah. basically kind of leading into what uh, we're going to be talking about for the next hour here is um, I would love to talk about, um, first of all, maybe address the fact that do the gifts, are they real and do they exist in this time? Well, let me just for just to kind of um, say a couple things. One is. Our afterglow happens the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month. I know. So that's why you're never there because yeah. you keep missing the date because you think it's every other week. He's there. We a actually, lot. Come on, you're man. there a lot. No, of but times, I almost but showed up the wrong date yesterday. Yes, that's well. We had some people that came this week and they were waiting in the parking lot, you know, oh, no. and then they oh. called me and said, "Hey, is it happening?" And I said, "No, it's the second and the fourth Tuesday." Wait, and, but, but hold on. But plug, how can people find out about it? What, what The website? Or? They can go to calvarysanclemente.org. We have it right on our webpage. Uh, if they hit the Afterglow graphic, yeah. it'll take them right to the next one when the next one's going to happen. It's amazing. Yeah, so it's it's there. And we started it really because I was, I was praying because my background was, you know, as I've said before, you know, I, Lonnie Frisbee prayed for me when I was 17, changed my life. And I went into this whole thing of where all of a sudden I'm casting demons out of people, praying for people, people are getting healed. And God did these crazy things. Yeah. And then it kind of slowed down. But in the last few years, it was stirring up in me. Like, God, I know you haven't stopped doing, like you haven't stopped doing this stuff, yeah. you know? I've stopped doing it. And I started praying, and especially in, at the church. And I'm like, Lord, I want, I want to know. I want to, I want to, I'm teaching your word, but Calvary Chapel is the word and the spirit. I want the spirit. I'm teaching the word. I want to see the spirit move too. And as I was praying, I was like, Lord, I need a Lonnie Frisbee. You got to send me another Lonnie Frisbee. Mm -hmm. And then Roger called me out of the blue and said, I just feel like the Lord wants me to come and hang out with you and, and help at the church. And so that's I was, right. yeah, it was just kind of odd. And, uh, and so as we were talking, it just became evident that 
Lord, you want to do something. We both have had this experience. Yeah. And uh, right. and and we both come from the same That's place. Right. Being at you know he was at Costa Mesa, I was at Costa Mesa. And uh, he was actually played on the worship team with me there, and that's how we kind of met. But actually met before that, but yeah. that's when it really solidified. And uh, and so I thought, you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't we launch it? Why don't you lead it? You know, because as a pastor, you know, I could lead it, mm-hmm. but then then I'm doing everything. Like yeah. I'm the whole show, right? I'm doing the worship. I'm doing the teaching. I'm doing the afterglow. It's like I want to give this away, and plus there's something that happens a different dynamic that happens when uh when someone else does something that that you would do you know people all of a sudden it puts them in a place where they don't put you in a box they think they start thinking outside the box and plus it's just recognizing the gifting you know i was just looking here in corinthians 12 where it says you know there's different diversities of gifts there's differences of ministries there's diversities of activities, which is actually better translated effect, you know, the effect of the gift, mm-hmm. what it accomplishes. And so how God uses me is different from how God uses Roger and how I would, you know, empower, you know, how God would use me to empower people is different than what he does through Roger. And I just so appreciate what God does through Roger because he has this ability to explain the process and like what you've witnessed many times, bring other people into it, and then they experience it. Yep. You know, they experience God using them. Mm-hmm. Um, God uses me in a different way where I, I, I do like what Lonnie Frisbee did to me. I pray for people, and mm-hmm. the power of God falls on them. And, and so Roger goes, you know, that I don't do that, but that's called you actually minister the Holy Spirit to people. You like, that's right. You mm-hmm. do this, but I've never seen more people healed. Mm-hmm in my life in the last year or so that we've been doing the afterglow every week i've seen i've seen it go down i got several people in this room that go to it the whosoever's team goes and we've seen it go down yeah and so that's the that's the value of all of us working together in the different ways that god uses us with the gift that god's equipped us with and to affect people's lives so that they can go because that's the vision they can go and they can do it on the job, and in fact, we've actually it's, had it's it's activating. Yes, that's it's you're, activating. you're basically that's that's what that's I see. The whole idea. That's what I see. The whole thing is you're activating people. Hey, this is real. It's happening. Let's sh- let, let us get you the uh, the 101 on, on the gifts of how it works, and then step out by faith and watch it happen. Yeah, so, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing yeah. people go to hospitals in our church, praying for people. They're healed. Going to their job, praying for people. They're healed, and that. That for me as a pastor, that's amazing. Yeah. So the the whole point, right, is Ephesians four, and um, let's see, starting in about uh, verse eleven, where he says, "And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ." Yep. And so, if if I were to just stand up and pray for healing for everybody, it wouldn't activate anybody. They would just say, wow, what a great gift of healing. But that's, as you know, Ryan, I've maybe prayed for 10% of the people that have been healed. It's primarily the people in the body that are coming up and getting activated themselves. And there's something about that. You watch somebody do it once. um, And I got to give credit to Robbie Dawkins. Robbie Dawkins is the genius of all geniuses in this. He'll actually have atheists pray for other atheists and they'll get healed, Mm -hmm. which is just out there because he's just activated an atheist 
And, of course, the guy receives Christ right there on the spot mm -hmm. when a guy gets a radical yeah. healing. And so I think what has failed in the body of Christ is people have shown how, and then I'd say 80% of the time you have somebody who's a showboating, who's just doing crazy stuff, and God's given them a gift, but they do all this extra stuff mm -hmm. that isn't part of it. We don't see that in the Bible. We just see, mm -hmm. we, you know, what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Boom. Just, yeah. And it's over. Just like what There's you There's no pray. show. Right. There's no show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no show. And as a matter of fact, it, it, it takes away faith when there's a show. Yeah. It makes it look like you have to do this big deal. That's interesting. In yeah. fact, the yeah. feigned yeah. work of the Holy Spirit will stop the Holy Spirit from working. Wait, when say you, that again? If you fake the work of the Holy oh, Spirit, yeah. Yeah. the Holy Spirit will mm -hmm. stop working because then the other person is going to get all the credit, it's right? A strange fire. Exactly. Yeah. And then here's, here's the other thing. When you step back and you say, look, this is the Holy Spirit, not me, and activate somebody else to work in the Holy Spirit, at that point, who's getting glorified on the stage? It's, it's God, yeah. Mm -hmm. right, instead of yourself. But I want to answer your first thing, which was, how do we know the gifts are for today? And there's all these guys that say, well, the gifts were for the apostles, and then they stopped, right? Well, the problem is there's a basic principle in the Bible, and that is whenever God gives a commandment, you're to obey that commandment unless he specifically reverses that commandment. So mm -hmm. like, for, for instance, there were laws of how to eat. Well, that law changed mm -hmm. under the new covenant, and all things were to be received through prayer and thanksgiving. They were sanctified that way. Mm -hmm. They were sanctified a different way. So unless another commandment, okay, that's an imperative sense sentence, unless there's a reversal in a commandment to the previous commandment, God hasn't changed his mind. Mm -hmm. He isn't working in a new way. And this is what we have in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Um, it says... Uh, Let's see here. Where am I? Oh, here we are. This is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. Now, in the Greek, and also in the English, this is in the imperative. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Now, that's in the imperative. And now, this is a command. You are to desire earnestly to prophesy. That doesn't mean you're going to prophesy, but you're to earnestly desire it. And then, do not forbid to speak in tongues. That's an imperative. So let me explain this to you. Anybody who is hindering people from speaking in tongues <clears throat> is directly disobeying God's commandment right here because mm -hmm. there has never been a commandment to reverse this. So unless God, you know, somehow made a mistake, which he didn't, <laughs> we are to do these things, earnestly desire prophecy and never to forbid people from speaking in tongues. That, that, now, look, if you read the 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is bringing order to the church. That yeah, doesn't yeah. mean to be crazy with tongues. Yeah. It just means don't tell people not to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. And many people are doing that, and they're a direct violation of God's command. Because they're saying it's mm -hmm. not for today. Yeah. And they have no reason to say that. Yeah. There is no command. They manipulate scriptures to do this or that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, at the time of Tertullian, which is around 200 AD, so this is long after, right? Mm -hmm. He is talking about a gnostic heretic. And he basically says, look, I'll bring those with prophetic gifts. 
and you bring your people with prophetic gifts because he knew they didn't have any, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he goes, we'll see who can predict the future and who's from God. Now, that's like a, that's like an old Western standoff, right? Yeah. Two guys <laughs> in the street with guns. Yeah. And he was so bold in knowing that the people had the word of knowledge and prophecy yeah. that he was willing to get them out in the street and duel it out because yep. mm -hmm. he knew. He knew what was going to happen. That's amazing. But, you know, you could even go further back than Paul. You can go right straight to Jesus. Oh, sure. Because Jesus said it very clearly. He said, go out in Mark. He says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And then he says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will yeah. speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly um, or eat at a bad restaurant, it will by <laughs> no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And yeah. so... This is Jesus saying, when you go out representing me, yep. these are these are the things that are going to happen. They will happen. You know, and it's not that we're looking for these things to happen. Mm -hmm. They're just the natural outflow they of people follow. that represent Jesus. So yep. you're going to Philly. You're just representing Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's people there that are sick. You yep. pray for them yep. in the name of Jesus, and then Jesus heals them. And I would say this. I'd want to encourage people that are going to try to step out in this is that you know, there were several people I prayed for that night and some didn't get healed. Yeah. But then some did. Yeah. And, but what do you, you know, I was talking to my wife yesterday about this, you know, um, just saying, but you know, what do we have to lose? Like, so we pray right. for someone and we step out by faith and they don't get healed. So what? But what if they do? Well, there it is. Exactly. Yeah. So it's all worth, it's all worth it. You shouldn't get down when you, when you step out uh, by faith on certain things. Um, if, if it doesn't happen, you just, it's God's the one that, that does the work anyway. Yeah, well, plus we're fulfilling the command. Yeah. Right. Jesus said, go heal the sick. Right. Yeah. He didn't say 100%. Yeah. He just said, you know, I'll, I'll give you a great example. I'm in this Starbucks. I'm in line, and I feel like the Lord is telling me to pray for this lady that has a leg brace on. And I'm like, are you kidding me? In line? <laughs> he goes, no, I want you to pray for her. I want you to get down on your knees and pray for her. And I'm like, what? So finally, I'm like, Lord, are you sure? That's, that's pretty gnarly. Get yeah. down on your knees. Yeah, and he goes, do it. <laughs> now, my expectation is if the Lord's telling me to pray for her, she's going to get healed. Mm -hmm. So I asked this guy, I turned around and asked her, I said, uh, Miss, I know this is way out there, but I want to pray for your leg. Would that be okay? And she goes, you want to what? And I go, I want to pray for your leg to be healed. And she turns to the lady she's with, and she looks back at me, and she goes, okay. So I get down on my knees, I pray for her leg, and I pray that the Lord would heal her and he would touch her. I get up and she's bawling. She's crying. And I go, how's the leg? And she goes, I don't know, but thank you. And I go, why? She goes, nobody's ever prayed for me in my entire life. And she was like a uh, high-ranking officer in the Navy, as it turned out. Wow. So nobody ever approached her to do anything. Right. So just by the fact that I knelt down to this lady and touched her brace <laughs> yeah. and prayed for her knee, that was enough. I don't know. Her leg might have been healed, but she had to go to the doctor and get the brace taken off. Right. But it, she might not have. And what's important is that we obey the command. Yeah. It isn't for, I can't heal anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even, even if they tell me what's wrong, I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. So if you're going to pray for healing, it can't be, number one, it can't be your knowledge. I mean, you can ask to get more specific information about what to heal or pray for. But at the bottom line, if God doesn't heal them, they're not getting healed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay? Yeah. So it's on him, not me. My job is to obey him. To pray. That's it. Yeah. It's his job to do whatever he wants to do. And really what your story points out is that the, the higher value is communicating the love of God. Right. She felt loved. She, felt she loved. did. Whether she got healed or not, she felt the love of God in a way that she's never felt before. And, you know, if we can just get past that, like if we could just get past the am I doing it right or if I'm doing it wrong, if I could just get to the point where I think, am I loving this person? Am I bringing the love of Jesus to this, this person? It wouldn't matter at that point whether I did it right or wrong. The point is they feel the love of God. Right. And they respond to that love. And, you know, of course, that's in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Because if I you show, do nothing or, without love. Well, he says, yeah. I show you a better way. And then he goes in and explains what love is. Yeah. And without love, these gifts really aren't any good. I've seen people. Because atheists, if you want. Go ahead. I've seen atheists get healed yeah. and not believe. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This actually, is a, I, actually, I heard a story the other day of, of, of an atheist getting healed and still. Yeah. But when you think about the early days of Calvary Chapel and the Jesus movement, the number one thing that people felt when they walked in the room was the love of God. And so when you wonder, like, all of these lives that got transformed, first of all, by the gospel, they received Jesus Christ because they felt the love of God. But then their bodies got healed. You know, their their broken bones got healed. Their relationships got healed. It's like healing came into every area of their life because, but it, what, what it was all constrained by was the love of God. It was the love of God that was guiding this. And what I've discovered in my own life as as I'm falling in love with Jesus, but I'm also extending his love to other people and I'm beginning to love people more and more and more. Yeah. I'm seeing God do more things. Yeah. I'm seeing the power of God released in more ways. And it, not just in, you know, when we pray for people or that, that sort of thing. It happens when I lead worship. I'll just see the love of God just fall on a group of people and they'll just start weeping. Or when I'm when I'm teaching, when I'm preaching, and I'll see the love of God just fall on a group of people, and they'll just start weeping. And I don't know what, it's nothing I've said, it's nothing, you know, I'm, it's not that I thought in my mind, okay, I'm going to bring him to this moment. And there's guys that do that, you know, they, I'm going to bring them all down to this moment. And they're all going to, you know, cry, and they're going to have this decision and this turning point, you know, these really, you know, slick preachers will do that. Mm. I don't do that. I'm not that slick. But just as I'm teaching or as I'm preaching, all of a sudden I can see visibly people just receiving the love of God. Mm -hmm. And I see it in our church and and I'll see them just start to tear up. By the way, I think that's one one of the gifts is the gift of love, agape. Mm -hmm. And um, every all of us are are love, right? All of us have the love of God. But the gift, by the way, that's the way you discern if you have the gift of love. When somebody talks about how much God loves another person and the person can't stop themselves from being affected and crying. When, in other words, every gift is me stepping out in the gift, but the Holy Spirit backing up that gift with power, no matter what it is, right? So obviously if it's healing, I pray for the healing, God heals. If it's prophecy, I step out to give the word, but the power of God touches, right? Mm-hmm. So with the gift of love, like people can discern they have the gift of love if when they're telling somebody about how much God loves them, they start to cry or start to get affected, then you know that you have the gift of love. And then what you do 
is you rely on God backing that gift up. So you start to use it more. And then the more you use it and the more God touches people and you are like, Lord, get them. Lord, get them. Mm-hmm. And he gets them. Mm-hmm. He's like, God, get them. Yeah. And God just loves you. And then how many times in the Jesus movement we see this? Like love was the primary motivator behind everything in the Jesus right. movement. Mm-hmm. I want to bring something up. So that story of his, it was a bar Jesus where he just saw the disciples. He was a sorcerer. And then he basically saw the disciples laying their hands on people. Yeah. And they were receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he wanted it, but his heart was 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 wrong he wanted Correct. it for for other reasons so mm-hmm. this is another thing too is when it comes to the to the gifts of the holy spirit it has to be operated through love mm-hmm. because so, and then some people might want it just to for their own ego i guess in a sense to to, to have this power operate in their life so that's a, talk about that a little bit well i think there's two lessons there are two huge lessons mm-hmm. you know of course that's when the first persecution happens but i mean paul kind of starts it right mm-hmm. and uh philip has to leave Jerusalem and he goes to Samaria, mm-hmm. which is the fulfillment of Jesus saying first in Jerusalem, then Samaria, then mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. So he goes there and a giant revival breaks out. He's healing a bunch of people and he's doing a bunch of things. And this guy, Simon Barjona, he is by his side and he accepts Jesus from what he can tell, mm-hmm. right? From what Philip can tell. Mm-hmm. But Philip doesn't have the gift of laying on of hands. So nobody's getting the Holy Spirit. People are getting saved and healed, but nobody sees. So he calls for Peter and John because these guys got it, right? Well, they show up and start laying hands on people. And Simon, who's kind of Philip's right-hand guy at this point, sits there and goes, dang, I want that. Can I, how much money do I have to give you to get that, mm-hmm. right? Because that's how he's operated mm-hmm. the whole time. He really hasn't surrendered. Peter tells him, hey, pray that God would rescue you from possibly going to hell. He turns around and doesn't do that. He says the worst thing possible. You pray for me that that doesn't happen. So he never enters into relationship. Interesting. Okay? But notice this. Philip has this incredible gift of evangelism. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, God tells him in the middle of the revival to go and leave. And he goes on this deserted road. (laughs) Now, if a full-on thousands of people are giving their life to Christ, all these miracles are happening, you don't want to leave. But he obeys, he goes on this dirt road, and who's he head up with? The Ethiopian eunuch. And he hops up in that chariot, and from that day forward, that eunuch get, receives Jesus. And Philip is such a bad discipler of people, we just found out, right, in Samaria. They got He's him terrible. Out of, they got him out of there quick. God, God took him out before the guy came up from the water, right? So Philip's out, and he's evangelizing somewhere else. Because his gift is operating in, in the gift of evangelism. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. And, you know, that opens up this whole other question that I want to talk to you guys about is that, so we just talked about there's the gift of the laying a hand of hands yeah. where you pray for people and they get healed, mm-hmm. right? So the gift of healing. No, the gift of laying on of hands I'm is so, something well, else. Well, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me rephrase that. So there's the gift of, of when, you, when you pray for people to be healed. Correct. Then there's the gift where you lay your hands and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which Paul was talking to Timothy and he says, Found that gift that you receive when when we've laid our hands on you. Right. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Correct. And then uh, and then evangelism. So let's talk about those three gifts for people that don't even know what we're talking about, how these gifts operate. Well, in Corinthians here in twelve, it says there are diversities of activities, but same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. 
to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit and there's multiple gifts of healings to another the working of miracles which which in the greek it's uh, it's the working of power it's actually the working of dunamis which for me is not just you know miracles it's really evangelism it's it has the idea in the language that you're you're bringing them out of delivering them out of darkness and you're bringing them into light with power. Which that's a miracle in itself. The that's fact a that miracle. someone would even give their life to the God. Yeah, because they're blinded. Is that exactly? About. So that to me, I always include evangelism in that working of miracles because that really is a miracle. That is. And uh, and then he says here uh, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually as he wills. So these are gifts that God gives. I I can desire them, but God gives them. And and so I receive the spirit, the spirit lives in me, and I have access to all the gifts. But depending on what situation I'm in, he's gonna give me what I need for that moment. For that moment. You know, so if I'm sharing the Lord with someone and I need that empowerment of power, you know, to work a miracle, which is to see this person, you know, be born into the kingdom of heaven, which is a miracle, then he's going to give me the power I need for that moment. If I'm praying for the sick, it's the same thing. Um, one of the things that we do is we, we always talk about the laying on of hands of receiving, because there's the, there's the, when you give your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. but then there's a second, we are going to a break right now. Make sure you download the Whosoever's app. You can get all the past shows for the last three years. And we have the Gospel of John on there. And stay tuned for our high school tours that we are starting again next month. Hit us up. Book your schools. And we'd love to come out and hang out with you guys. We'll talk to you guys in two minutes right after the break. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Yes, I'm going to glorify myself through this. Then you have permission to go because you've tested it out. You didn't just take Holland's word for it. You didn't say, well, Holland said it, so I'm going to do it. No, you want to know that God said it through Holland, so you're going to do it. So the, a lot of times, and Chuck, I'm going to just basically quote Chuck. Chuck said when he got a word and he couldn't prove it, he would just hold it to the side. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't despise it, but he would just hold it there until it could be proven. So these are the kind of things. Now, there's a few things that... I want, I want to add one thing really quick. Yeah, sure. Thing. So, like, you know that uh, the story of when um, the angel shows up to, to Mary and he, you're going to have a son, and you're going to have a son, Jesus Christ, he's going to mm-hmm. be the Messiah. Right. And then it says, she pondered these things in her heart. That's my favorite that's, scripture that's, for that. That's, kind of, that's what happens with me when I get words. Yeah. I, I, email them, I email them to myself. I have a folder of everything I get, and they're there at the timing so when they come to pass I could say I got them then but then I don't act on them I kick back and I ponder these things mm-hmm. in my heart and I just wait and let it just roll out you know yeah. about 25% of the males in the area era of Jesus living were named Jesus I don't know if you know that it was the most common name it was the common name yeah, and the reason why is everybody wanted their child to be the Messiah okay so what's interesting is here's a girl a young girl and she gets a word that her son is going to be the Messiah. Yes. Now, most girls that I've ever met 
would be like if somebody else came along with their kid and the kid's like, oh, isn't my kid so great? She'd be like, my kid's a messiah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? But she didn't do that. No. She didn't go around telling anybody this. Uh, you know, this is one of the great things about Mary and Joseph is they never went about promoting Jesus to be the Savior. They never promoted him to be the Messiah. Just held it in their heart mm -hmm. until he proved it. And that's heavy. Yeah, I want to I want to bring this scripture up because it kind of goes about this whole thing of proving things, but also to kind of go back to the scripture where Timothy, you know, he received uh, his gifting by the by prophecy, the laying out of hands, and really that's what happened to Paul. You know, Paul when he received the you know he had the the visitation by Jesus was knocked off his horse, was blind. And then the Lord spoke to uh, Ananias and said, uh, Go to Paul and pray for him, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. So here is God giving Ananias a prophetic word about mm -hmm. Paul, and now he's going to go lay hands on Paul mm -hmm. and pray for him. God's going to heal him, and he's going to be basically empowered through that to now serve the Lord and that begins his ministry so we have an example here in scripture in the life of Paul so now when Paul tells that to Timothy he's just basically saying what happened to him this happened to me someone came to me they got a word from God this is how God's going to use me they laid hands on me and now I'm doing it so mm -hmm. Timothy I'm doing the same thing to you do it yeah yeah and so awesome. in, in essence that's what that's what we're to do as pastors as leaders is that we're praying for the people we hear god for the people we we teach his word and in the context of that god's going to say hey lay hands on this person right. i've called them for this specific task right that person may not even know it or may have an inkling of it and you're kind of the first person to kind of open that door for them to think that wow god could do something more with me than i believed yep and that's the value of it yep and that's you know, building faith in these things is something, first of all, it's very scriptural. Faith is a, like a muscle. You have to exercise it, right? And me personally, even after walking in the gifts for a long time, for a very long time, I still, when I get a word, double check, triple check, quadruple check. I, uh, I was, in. if you're listening to this radio show, I, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. But anyway, I was... Uh, in the island hotel there in newport beach and in the club lounge and i walk in and there's a girl uh sitting at the at the table there and she has this black spiky hair and um and uh the lord gives me by the way the one girl that got words you know saw a word over yeah, people yeah. i get that so what how does that happen what like you'll see like a word and, and it's always art <laughs> so if it's one word like compromise or whatever got it i see the word mm -hmm. and or if it's a sentence and this isn't a hundred percent of the time but most of the time yeah. i see a phrase or word and then i'll get a lot of times a picture of what they're doing or have done in the past and then god will i'll go okay god what's this all about and he'll explain it to me so a lot of times he explains it as i give the word he'll tell me so what i'll do is i'll double check now i walk in i see the word uh over her life, she isn't thinking right. She isn't thinking right. Well, I, I see that this, I mean, it appears in talking to her, she might, might be a lesbian, I don't know. She might have the same sex attraction thing. But 
It doesn't matter. All you have to do is give the word that God gives you to give her. So um, I see her at 11 years old, I think it was, uh, sitting on a tractor at a farm. And she had long, kind of strawberry blonde hair-ish. And uh, she was super happy. And God says, this is when she was thinking right. And so, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, first of all, if you're wrong, you've really most misspoken for God, right? Yeah. And then second of all, and this is not something you can say, hey, by the way, without involving God. You have to say, God gave this to you. Yeah. So I prayed about it for a while. And after I double-checked with God, just inside my inner man, and God says, tell her. And then he, before he did that, he showed me, rolled, rolled into a ditch. Her rolled into a ditch. What she looked like currently, rolled into a ditch and looked like she'd passed out, and it said lost and forgotten over. And so I, uh, I said, hey, um, I don't know if you had, had anybody do this before, but God's given me a message for you. She goes, God, sure, give it to me. I go, <laughs> I go okay. So, because so, <clears throat> I always wonder, like, uh, the best way to give words to, to approach this situation. Yeah. So you said, God gave me a message for you. That's Sometimes you have to <clears throat> do it that way because or it's you say, so blunt. Or can you say, oh, yeah. uh, Sometimes God shows me some things about people. So, I, can I... yeah, you can do that. But here's the problem. I, and I learned this from my son, Jacob. I uh, had a word for a guy in a restaurant. And I started by saying things like, he is the most important thing to you right now trying to find a wife. Instead of asking the question, he said, and, and there was a whole bunch of stuff God gave me, but I did it all by question. Is the most important thing to you is getting a wife so you can have kids. Now, what God had told me was the most important thing in his life was having a wife and getting kids. Yeah. And instead of saying it directly, I said it all in questions. And when I got done, he said, Dad, what are you doing? Give the word. You know what the word is. Tell him what God says about him. Don't ask him questions. That's basically <laughs> wimpy. I won't yeah. say the word he used. But anyway, yeah, and, uh, and so what I learned to do is say it directly. And, uh, you know, you have to spend the time asking God like Gideon. Gideon ends up hearing God five times. He double checks every which way possible. And finally, when a bread roll rolls down a hill and knocks over a tent in the guy's dream, he finally, for whatever reason, that did it for Gideon. Mm -hmm. Well, for you, you need to get it too or not give the word. Mm -hmm. Don't give a word if you think maybe. Mm -hmm. Give a word when you know. And you've seen at, at the Tuesday nights, you see when people know, whether it's me or Holland or Billy, yeah. who's off the chart. Yeah. In fact, Billy is maybe the only guy I know in the office of a prophet at this mm -hmm. point, mm -hmm. Billy Minter. But... Um, although he wouldn't say that, so maybe not. Um, but back to this vision and the stuff I get for this girl. So I tell her the whole thing about on the tractor. And she goes, I know that day. I've only sat on a tractor once in my life. I was 11 years old. I did have long uh, light hair. And uh, it was the happiest day of my life. It was my uncle's farm. And I go, awesome. And she gets a phone call. I walk away to go get a coffee. And... Uh, it was a short call. She hangs up the phone and she yells at me, come back here. She goes, is there more? And I go, well, yeah. She goes, give me the more. Oh, actually, she goes, you'll never guess what that call is. I go, what? He goes, a lady who was here two months ago called me, said God told her to call me right now and tell me that I'm not thinking right, but I used to when I was younger. Can you believe that? And I go, of course I can believe that. This is God working. She goes, what's the more? Now, I got to be honest with you. I thought that her being rolled in a ditch was a metaphor. But I've learned to not interpret. Just give just what give you it. get. You it. Just give it. Don't add to it. Don't try and figure it out. Don't mm -hmm. do anything. 
So I say, I saw a vision of you rolled into a ditch, you were passed out, and it said lost and forgotten. And she starts crying. And I go, what's up? She goes, I tried to kill myself two months ago by driving my car off the road. I flipped, fell out of my car, was unconscious in a ditch. And nobody found me. So you see, this is where the word of knowledge impacts mm-hmm. people's lives in a way so powerfully yep. that even if they don't believe, which she did, but even if they don't believe, they have to admit that had to be God. Yeah. And that's just what First Corinthians 14 says. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes into your assembly and they're prophesied over, now here's a deal, revealing the contents of their heart, then they will fall down on their face and repent. And this is what happens when you give a word that reveals what's going on inside a person. Mm-hmm. And when you get a word, you should pray that. God is just everything in their heart. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And, and there's, there's, so there's different ways. Like that absolutely. way. Absolutely. So that way you saw a word go over over her, her head. And then you got a vision. Correct. So recently, so I've been praying for, for the gifts of words and all that stuff. And I was, and you can explain this. Maybe this is another way it operates. But I was, um, I, I just got, I was in Mexico. Oh, where was I? I was in Colombia. I got home. I'm talking like three schools a day. I'm tired. I'm not even thinking straight. I'm mm-hmm. literally like, I want to shower and I want to go to bed because I got to be in the lobby at five o'clock in the morning to do it all over again. Right. Yeah. Brain is not thinking. I'm, I'm be honest. I'm not thinking about God. I'm not thinking about nothing. I'm thinking about brushing teeth, shower, bed. <laughs> I get in the shower, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just I I get this impression of a guy that's on the trip with me, and then I I I it's, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I it's like I heard it, but it wasn't like a voice. But I heard something, and I just heard like, uh, or I got I, I got I guess it's more like I got an impression like, um, what. What uh, what was it? it was what you're praying for on this trip? God's gonna tell him like whatever he's praying for. He's, he's praying for something on this trip, and God's gonna give you the answer. And then I then I got this impression of the verse: "Seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open." And then I was like, "Where the heck did that come from? Why am I thinking about this guy on the trip right now when I'm not even yeah. like thinking at all? Like where did that come from?" So then I was like, "Was that a word?" And then I was like, should I call him? And then I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, it's like 10 o'clock at night, whatever. And then I went to bed, woke up the next morning, and then I saw him, and I felt like prompted to like tell him. But I was like, no, 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 no. That's Was it a word or not? I don't want to step out by faith and just not be a word. Is that you, God? Because I was like checking myself. So then I'm like, if you keep like bugging me to tell him, then I'll tell him. So I get to the church, and then we're inside waiting to, before I speak, and I see him again. And I'm getting like anxiety, like, like I need to tell him. So I just walked up to him, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know if this even makes any sense, but there's something you're praying for on this trip and you need, you know, you, there's something you're praying for. And I feel like God telling me that he's going to, he's going to, he's going to answer that prayer. And he says, seek me and you find one knock on the door will be open. And he goes, okay. And then it turns out after that, he was actually praying for a specific thing on this trip. And then God actually answered him and gave him clarity two days later. Amen. So, so Amen. there you yeah. go. But 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 I but wasn't a picture. I didn't get a picture. You don't you don't need to. Yeah. That's so, but, why. But this was like an impre- It was like an impression. Correct. See, like, so is with, there a better way to explain? Uh, yeah. Explain an with impression? me. Well, with me, I just get a knowing. Like I know something. I don't know how I know. So is that like an impression? Yeah. But it, but I just know it. It's like yeah. And uh, and, and a lot I'll, of people sometimes I'll hear conversations in my head. Like I'll hear a whole conversation that happened. Okay. And and sometimes I'll see a movie. You know, yeah. like oh. I'll just be w- sitting there and yeah. I'll just see a movie playing from my eyes. Yeah. 
of something that's going to happen. But a lot of times as I'm talking to people, I'll just get this knowing. Like, I just know that this happened to them. Or I just know that they're praying for this. Or, and, and I don't get, I don't see words over people's yeah. head like Roger does. Yeah. I, just, I just know. Yeah. And, um, and so sometimes I'll just start saying what I know. And, the, and then they just, it just impacts them. And I know it's the Lord. So this is, this is. So I even know people that get words of knowledge that all they get is the Lord telling them to start giving word of knowledge. They don't even know what they're going to get. And so here, whether it's the way Holland gets a word or the way I get a word or the way somebody else gets a word, mm -hmm. there always is one requirement. And Jesus said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, it's mm -hmm. pretty small, right? Then big things could happen. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, I know people that God just tells them, start prophesying and, or start giving a word mm. or start giving wisdom. And I think wisdom is one of the ones that few people really understand, too. Mm -hmm. I think the gift of wisdom is out there in a lot of ways. Now, gifting, wisdom is knowing what to do. Mm. Knowledge is knowing what the situation is. And prophecy is we've talked about, right? Mm. So um, if you have a, a, a word of knowledge, it's just knowing stuff about a person you can't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, that's yeah. it. You were, you were broken hearted at eight because your parents divorced or whatever. Mm. Okay, or like the girl on the tractor. Okay, mm. the word of wisdom is when nobody knows the solution and God supernaturally gives you the solution. Right. Mm. So it'd be and like it just going, comes out natural. You're just yeah. like, what about this? And all of a sudden, you just know it. And you're like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. And everybody goes, how'd you know that? Right. It's and that person that has that gift of wisdom a lot of times doesn't know it's a gift. They don't know it just happens. Right. Yeah. Also, by the way, it says there's different operations, mm -hmm. which means there's people that have say the word of say a prophecy, but it only works in a church. Right. There's people that have the mm -hmm. word of knowledge, but it only works together with evangelism. That's why the Spirit says He gives them several as He wills. Mm -hmm. You understand several. So in the end, your several gifts are going to combine. Mm -hmm to operate in a way. In fact, when the Apostle Paul said uh, he was given to be an apostle, a preacher, and a teacher, right? Mm. Paul has a lot of other gifts, mm. but those are the primary three mm -hmm. we see him use. Those are his offices mm. that he operated in. All the other gifts just supported his ministry, mm. which was those three things, apostle, preacher, teacher. If, my, okay, take my gift, for instance. I have the gift of evangelism mm. and word of knowledge are both really strong. Mm. So what happens is situations like this girl, um, although she was already a believer, but uh, there were, there's many times where I'll talk to an atheist and be able to tell the entire story of their life and what's going on in their heart, and they're atheists, atheists 45 minutes later, they're a Christian, yeah. just because of the word of knowledge. Now, the other side of it is you're supposed to know the word, yeah. and without the word, a lot of times, I mean, we see two things in the book of Acts. We see signs and wonders, miracles, but we also see proving that Jesus must be the Christ right? over mm -hmm. and over. In fact, the book ends with Paul saying he argued from morning till night. Now, I don't know a lot of people that actually could argue, argue. that long <laughs> that Jesus is the Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who hardly who can argue that Jesus is Christ. Yeah. We have proof in the scripture, and I would highly recommend just as much as the gifts that you learn how to prove that Jesus is the Christ. Yep. Well, that's yeah. why, what I love about what Jesus says. He says, uh, go out and preach the gospel, signs and wonders follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the, whole, that's the whole model. That is the go model. Go preach the gospel, which is the word, yeah. Yeah. and then the signs and wonders follow. And that's why I wanted to talk about the, the operation of the gifts is because they operate differently in different people. 
And, you know, just because everything that's been going on with you guys, I've been going to the afterglow and everything, and I've been wanting to go deeper again, going, God, well, I'm backstage at, at concerts or I'm at on stage at, backstage at raves or, you know, I, the way I'm way I live my life and cultures, I'm in these little areas where sometimes you just need a word for someone, you know, yeah. to, to, just to get them because I'm in these tight little quarters, like in a backstage room when I have a whole band in here and, you know, I don't have time to preach the gospel in a backstage environment. Like here we are in this little close quarters and I'm like, Hey dude, check this out. You know, it's so I'm like praying for God to do more things, but it's, it's kind of scary, you know, as you, you get, as you're starting. Cause I think, you know, Jesus kind of starts you, you know, I've only got a couple word, two words so far that I was aware of, of like for certain people, but I'm asking for more, but I think it's like, maybe from your guys' knowledge is like, he just kind of starts you slow. He does right? starts you slow. Well, that that's, that's but, but it's so based that you, on your faith, really. It, it is. Yeah, but I'm like telling him, I'm like, dude, everywhere I go, I'm like, like, let's go. Like, I'm, I, because I always just want to reach people for Jesus. Right. Yeah. So, don't think that you can prophesy over everybody. That's yeah, that's yeah. a fallacy. Yeah. Only so somebody that's just like more. <laughs> only somebody is in the office of prophet where it's a mandatory. Like, yeah. if you were a, a prophet, like it says, you know, prophets, mm -hmm. right? In the in the New Testament, those guys. It's like a vending machine. You put in the quarter, you get the Coke. Yeah. With them, you ask for the prophecy, you get the prophecy. Yeah. But for most people with a gift, yeah. not for most people, for all people with just a gift, God's not going to give you a word for everybody. I've prayed so many times for a word for somebody that I thought fought, thought was in greater need than the person I got a word for. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because you see they're in just a crushed state. Yeah. And, you know, and I just want to add something too. You know, the whole, the whole office of, of prophet, you know, when I'm when I'm teaching the word of God, mm -hmm. it's God's word. Yeah. God is speaking. Right. And so there's a the where the pro prophetic unction comes in is when all of a sudden as people are hearing the word of God right. being taught, they receive it as if God is speaking to them, to them directly. Right. And they begin to say, "Oh, when you said that scripture, God said this to me." You know, they began to hear God speaking. And so there's there's a capacity of God speaking through his word that we don't always take advantage of. You know, I had a person that would say, I have a word from God for you and very prophetic person. And every time they would speak to me, they would give me a scripture. Right. And I said, well, I, I noticed every time you say that you have a word for me, you give me a scripture. And they said, well, of course, because it's God. Because it's, God. it's God's yeah, word. It's God's you word. know, it is. I said, do you, and they asked me, he says, do you know uh, wh how God speaks? Well, yeah, because God will give you. You'll be driving down the street and you're praying. He'll give you a verse. Yeah, yeah. And he and he goes. She. It's this person goes. He speaks in scripture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's God's voice. So true. You know, one one other thing. I don't want to leave this conversation without saying one other thing. Good, because you have four minutes. I'm gonna say it in two. <laughs> Jesus said there'd be many that come to him in that day. Mm -hmm. And they would cast out devils. They would prophesy. Yeah. Right. In fact, they claim these things yeah. as proof that they know him. And he says, get away from me. I never knew you. Mm -hmm. You workers of iniquity. So these are people by their lifestyle are workers of iniquity, but somehow they're casting out demons and prophesying. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Do not ever think because you're gifted, you're right with God. Your relationship with God is the only thing that matters. Gifts don't matter. Yep. Your relationship matters. And if you don't have a relationship where you know you have a relationship, 
You need to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and choose to live for him. Because if you don't do that, just walking and gifting, because it's wild fun, and it is incredibly fun. Come on, yeah. guys, it's incredible. Yeah. Yes. You see somebody get healed, all of that, it's amazing. The other thing is, is Satan is a deceiver, and he always mimics the things of God. He can't do the things of God, but he mimics them. And I've seen so much demonic stuff. And, uh, you know, there's so many Christians that say that Satan can't do this or Satan can't do that. Well, you know what? Jesus was tempted in three ways. The first way was he was spoken to. So Satan can speak to you, period. If he can speak to Jesus, he can speak to you. Well, it doesn't say Jesus saw him. It just said he heard him. That's it. Mm -hmm. Satan said to him. And the second thing that happened is he takes him to a high temple, the top of the temple, I mean, mm -hmm. and asks him to jump off. This is not a vision, because in a vision, if you jump out the temple, you don't get hurt. So somehow, Jesus unwillingly gets taken by Satan to the temple. That's pretty powerful. That's our Lord. Then he takes him to an exceedingly high mountain. So he talks to him, he relocates him, then he relocates him again, and he gives him a vision of all the nations of the world in an instant. Satan can give visions. Satan can talk. Satan can physically touch you. In fact, the lady that was bent over, which means she was folded in half, by the way, that's what the Greek means in there. Jesus said once he heals, he said, shouldn't God un unbound, uh, I forget, healed this per, uh, woman that the, Satan had bound all these years. Satan bound her. Satan was pushing her over in half all that time. It just came along that Jesus released that. So a lot of the healings that you've seen at Tuesday night, I would say probably a third of them have somehow actually been the enemy doing something to either hinder a healing, the natural healing of the body. You know, we saw a guy that had been hit by a car, but it had been 10 years ago, and his legs and arms and head all hurt continuously. He got addicted to pain meds and got rid of it. I don't want to say his name, but anyway, uh, without his permission. But he got healed instantly of all that. But that, that wasn't a real healing healing. That was both a healing and the enemy being cut out of his life. When you recognize it's the enemy, but like it doesn't make sense, the, the person's not getting healed, you just rebuke that enemy off of him. But then, if you remember, he had a tattoo that started to glow. Were you there for this? I was there. So his tattoo... Oh, wait. Yeah, I was there. Wait, wait. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's our, actually one of our friends. Yeah, you know who he is. Yeah. Anyway, his tattoo started to glow. Yeah. Like light bright glow. Yeah. Like a light got turned on. And his arm started to turn red from the heat of it. This was the enemy's involvement the whole time. Once he repented of whatever it was. It was some was. tattoo he got. Yeah, it, we don't know he, what he... used he, to be in a witchcraft, too. I don't know. It was connected to something weird. He, he was in a witchcraft. Once before. he repented of that, mm. the light turned off, mm. and he was completely done, completely healed. So he had an actual injury, mm. well, multiple injuries from getting hit by a car, mm. and then he also had the enemy involved as well. Mm. And so what I would say is don't pull the deception of the enemy out of this whole conversation and don't... Uh, keep him out of this situation where people need to get healed because a lot of times it's the enemy and jesus shows that mm -hmm. many times it's the enemy mm -hmm. and it really comes down to knowing jesus yep you know we're we're called jesus people because we love jesus and we walk in his power and we do what he says yeah and it really is the simplicity of that doesn't get any more complicated than that mm -hmm. i saw him the other day at the mall and he's walking around doing great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's just the power of God, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. 
All right. Well, we are at the end of the show. Go to thewhosoevers.com or download our app. Get all the past shows. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Holland. I looked at you guys the wrong time. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.